VMware Explorer Barcelona Day 3. John, the final interview of the day. We have saved the best for last. My Thank good friend. You. My good friend Cormac Hogan. How you doing, sir? Hola, please. <laughs> Three beers, please. Bring them. Let's good. go. I'm doing good. Busy day. Busy you look day. great, man. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, uh, at our darkest hour, the white wizard approaches and <laughs> we look to the dawn. So, <laughs> what have you been up to these days? Oh, data services manager, man. Oh, yeah. Have the you data. Heard about it? I, I, I think I have. I, I, we've heard a couple of things, but, you know, I haven't truly heard about it until I talked to you about it. No, I've been working on that for the past year, would you believe? So really? I've been all over EMEA sowing those little seeds of data services manager, but based on the version 1.x of that product. Uh -huh. But of course, yesterday we had a big announcement about DSM 2.0. Right. So right. it's a complete re-architecture and lots and lots of new partners to talk about as well. Good. So, so give me really the deets. We'll, we'll start super high first. What is Data Service Manager? But then I want to know what were the differences between 1.0 for those that have tried it, yeah. uh, and what are we looking at in 2.0? Sure. So essentially what Data Services Manager is, is a way for vSphere administrators and what we might call data administrators, maybe DB admins, for those two to have a kind of seamless relationship when it comes to consuming vSphere resources when data services are being deployed on vSphere. So we have a few new concepts in DSM 2.0. Main one would be a thing called infrastructure policies. That allows a vSphere administrator to carve out a bunch of vSphere resources. They can then hand those off, knowing that whoever is provisioning data services can only provision onto that subset of uh -huh, vSphere resources. So I like it. They can't just spam all over their whole vSphere infrastructure. So it's like carving a LUN almost, right? Back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> like a resource group or a resource group. Yeah, yeah, resource group. There exactly we go. Yeah. But it's, it means that you can have lots of these infrastructure policies, hand them off to different teams if they're different teams or different business, lines of business who wanted to do different types of data services and you know that they're not going to step on each other. Okay, hey. but are they doing API calls to provision their own stuff? How does that work? Uh, well, there is a whole uh, portal UI where you can you know, click through everything. But underneath the covers, it's Kubernetes. Ah. So there's anything you can do with Kubernetes. We will extend it for objects that are part of Data Services Manager. Just do the same thing there. So that's a big change from 1.4 and 1.5, because oh, yeah. I actually built the hands-on lab for yeah, the existing one, you know, yeah. one dot branch, and yeah. yeah, that was a lot of VMs and under the hood. So yeah, it was. So in the one dot X version, what we used to do when there was a data service uh, that was required, we would spin up the VM. Like yeah, there said. are OVAs yeah, sitting yeah. in the repository, and then we would um, we'd, we'd put a container image of whatever data service it was. And we would just use a container D and spin up that image as a well, for all intents and purposes, a, a container running uh. in a VM. So my, now with the, the original, the clustering services was primarily done at the app layer, but you now have basically a Kubernetes construct. Is that a Kubernetes of one node or am I, is it going to spin up multiple nodes? Like so how is that? It, yeah, so it depends on the type of data service you're looking for. If you're looking for a standalone data service, it's a single node Kubernetes cluster that we build on. And then we have operators, Kubernetes operators for all of the data services. So we just spin out Postgres, MySQL, whatever it is on top of that. But if you did want to cluster, we have three node, five node support. So we build a three node Kubernetes cluster for replicating uh, data services, or a five node if you want to go completely nuts and have lots and lots okay, of Okay, but this is a Kubernetes cluster that is dedicated strictly to just a DSM. 
this is not like, oh, I've got my whole Kubernetes. No, no, no. So we are actually provisioning that Kubernetes cluster for you. We're not right. expecting. Right. So you I don't to need to be the you Kubernetes don't have to expert. Oh, don't I don't have to call Kelsey to, Hightower. But, and, yeah. Okay. Exactly. So the the uh, the initial DSM is a single appliance. It's an OVA. We provide you with a, a UI. You can get in there if you want to deploy out a data service it will then spin up the Kubernetes cluster for you. Uh, so once I say I want three replicas or I want to, it'll scale out versus I just exactly. need one copy of the database. It'll rely on the inherent resiliency of H VCR HA in that case. And that. Yeah, absolutely. So we, I mean, it, I mean, the VMs at the end of the day is that Kubernetes yeah, cluster yeah, yeah. is still a set of VMs. So you can use all of those, uh, you know, vSphere services that we know and love. Uh, but we have built-in replication for the data services as well. So if there's, a failure on an ESXi host or a VM or what you know the, the drill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we still leave the data service to be available. Okay, so it seems like from a from a vSphere administrator perspective, nothing changed. Well, the big thing is this infrastructure policy. So we now have a uh, vSphere plugin for DSM. So basically, the vSphere administrator will continue to work in the the vSphere client like their like they always have done. Well, see, that, that is a big difference, because before, this was all, you had to go log into the supervisor, manage it, it all there. Yeah, we had these different personas of org admins and org users and, and that kind of provider admin. No, th so that goes away now. Ah. So now your vSphere administrator will carve out the resources. Those resources will bubble up in the DSM UI, and then your data admin or DB admin, whoever wants to provide uh, so the resources, They'll see those. The infra admin policies. is the infra admin, which should Correct. live in vSphere, you know, yeah, since exactly. we're already virtualizing exactly. everything there, anyways. But this, this sounds like it's going to help try to raise visibility of databases into the vCenter UI. Yeah, it's and it's not just databases, right? It's um, yeah. and we made some announcements uh, yeah, yeah. yesterday at the keynote. So, uh, absolutely, databases. We think databases will be probably the the big data service, but we also announced a partnership with MinIO to do object stores, object stores as yeah. a S3. data service as well. And, th and that's their full commercial distribution that you can bring in there. TBD. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. TBD. So we're going to have tech preview. I don't okay. know exactly what we will be showing in that Got tech, it for preview, tech preview, but, but, but we will figure that out. Well, but they have a lot of nice tooling. Like Absolutely, I, And this yeah. is the nice thing with the, going with these commercial partners is, you know, it can be additional support models for that. Yeah, so for sure. um, the, the native services we have, obviously, we can support, but there's going to be a lot of engines and things people want to do. Absolutely, and uh, you know, there's some that come up all the time. I mean, I think I must have heard half a dozen times about when would we do Mongo or you know one of yeah. those kind of ones. Um, but I think what about Foxit? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it, DB2. <laughs> Probably. Uh, no, we shouldn't joke. But I think the really nice thing about all of this is it's not just the day zero deployment of those data services. It's like all of the day two operation stuff that we can do through that portal. That that really like was exciting seeing of like, oh, I can declare a maintenance window and like this will handle my patching, security patching, it'll handle indexing, other stuff. So Absolutely. So Cormac, you've been here all week then, uh, talking to customers and uh, and talking to partners. Like well, what's the what's the key feedback? That this is exactly the product we need in our environment. And we were talking earlier about you know not having visibility into what's been deployed on you know, there's these weird VMs that maybe nobody knows what they're doing, and uh, you know, being able to provide this visibility into what's running in those VMs, because that's exactly what we're doing with that uh, vSphere client plugin for DSM, is we're bubbling up exactly what's been provisioned as a data service and showing that in the vSphere client. So now, 
at a glance, you can see exactly the type of data services that are being provisioned on your vSphere infrastructure. Is it is it fair to say? Because I remember with the data persistence uh, platform, you know, I, you know, and, and even further back, just just Tanzu in general, there's always been this uh, discussion of like. Kubernetes environments don't want to talk to vSphere administrators. vSphere administrators are totally focused on the compliance and the, and the, the operations and the management. Uh, and, I, and I'm sure VMware taking that into consideration in their design, has that, did some of those early experiences with Tanzu uh, you know, play a role into the design of DSM? I couldn't 100% say for certain whether, whether they did or not, but what I will say is that we're taking care of that Kubernetes, or all of those Kubernetes clusters. So we're provisioning either a single node Kubernetes cluster if you want a standalone database, or multi-node Kubernetes clusters if you want to have replicated The, the work databases. we did on Cluster HA kind of comes through there, so. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think, um, so we're not relying on anything externally to do those Kubernetes clusters, there's no external load balancer, there's nothing like that, we're using kubevip, everything is built uh, in. Keep it nice Vs and simple on the networking. Oh, yeah. so. vSphere CSI driver, all built in. But we are doing all of the lifecycle management, not, of the, not just of those data services, but of that Kubernetes cluster. So really we should think of that data service as the, the database or whatever you may call it that's running in pods and PVs, but also the Kubernetes cluster itself. So all of that lifecycle management, we are taking care of. It's cool that this is on Kubernetes and it explains why it's going to you know, work reliably, so to speak, and pretty consistently in a consistent yeah. manner, but it, it's also at the end of the day an implementation detail that if you don't really want to learn Kubernetes as the VMware administrator, you should be able to stand this up. Yeah, I think Absolutely. we're getting to the day where like there are certain environments where you might not even be aware of the fact that this is running on Kubernetes. You're absolutely you right. Worry about that. But having said that, you could absolutely have a vSphere administrator being right. the data service administrator data and rolling service. out rolling out those services through a UI or through ARIA automation or something like that. But conversely, you could have developers, end users, who really get off on doing Kubernetes stuff. So all of the objects that we have in Data Services Manager are bubbled up in Kubernetes. So if they have access to the Kube config and they like using kubectl and for some weird reason they love YAML, they can absolutely do all of that stuff as well. well th this is going to help simplify the data center because there's just there is no proliferation of weird, weird like bespoke platforms for OSs and even you know Shutter people doing things like bare metal than it is for databases and random scale out data engines and things. It's um, they become those you know those remaining like what is that over there? Ah, oh, that's Bob's Island. We we try not to make contact with it, but right. yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Nice. I agree. So I, I wanted to ask about automation here. So we've yeah. talked about you can obviously access by Kubernetes. Is it going to be easy to address this within some of the other automation frameworks like VRA or VCD or things like that? Yeah, absolutely. And we have a plan to make custom resources for the DSM objects that we'll just host up on GitHub or something like that. So if customers wanted to put those into some sort of area automation pipeline, they can just pull down that custom resource, they can tweak it whatever way they want. So maybe there's certain parameters that they'd like to show their end users, maybe there's some that they'd like to hide from their end users. Yeah, yeah. They can control all of that. Make sure the backups are always enabled. Don't don't trust the end customer to do a that. But yeah, point, yeah, yeah, a perfect point. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, we will uh, so it's not fully embedded, it will be a custom resource, but I think custom resources sometimes are easier to deal with because you can tweak them to yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. you need to do yourself. So absolutely, and you know you can stick all of that then into a catalog. So if you're already running 
database as a service or even application as a service, but there's a database as a part of it. All of that stuff well, is there's, there's going to be some well. opinionation as more and more data services come into the fold sure. here anyways, so it makes sense that those be custom. Yeah. yeah. So VCF announced that it was, uh, 5.1 was, was announced this week, but it was also GA'd. Uh, when can we expect DSM? So because we have announced this, we have revenue recognition that we need to meet, so um, I don't know if I can share the GA date yet, but it has to be in a particular short time frame from yesterday. And you can kind of probably so work under, it out. Watch that space. Yeah. <laughs> Generally, when things get announced, they show up in the same fiscal quarter. You're welcome right, to go right, look at right, some right, calendars right, right. that are publicly available. And uh, yeah, exactly. But as a reminder, our quarters do not align with calendar years. They are slightly <laughs> weird. Yeah, but very soon, Pete. Very nice. Very soon. Yeah. Very exciting. This has been a great conference. I'm glad we finished with our good friend Cormac Hogan. For more information, Cormac's amazing blog is listed below on, this, uh, on the video of this and in the show notes of the podcast. Cormac... Thanks for joining us on the podcast as always, man. A pleasure. Must be sangria time? It's time. It's time for tapas and sangria. <laughs> Cheers. Take care.